Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the nation. That's Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with my co-host, Barbecue Hall of Famer, Ms. Leanne Whippen, coming to you from the respective Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland and Tampa, and anywhere that there's great barbecue. We would like to thank the folks at Painterdale's Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended. We're going to be talking more about that in a minute. Uh, in fact, we'll, we'll start right now. Uh, today, our guest is a frequent friend of the show, and he's back for his spring report, if you will, Will Homer, COO of Painted Hills Natural Beef. <laughs> and uh, he's just come off the road. You got a new grandkid running around over there. I do. Yep. She's just almost walking. Almost. Yeah? Was she born yep. two days ago or what? No, gosh, no. <laughs> she's she's pretty big for her age, nine months, I believe it is. And yeah, she is. She's just almost there. It's. It's pretty cool. Good for you. Uh, Leanne, if you don't know this, Will runs the uh, Homer Ambulance Service for people <laughs> in Fossil if they need to get to the Dalzer Bend for... Uh, oh, I did not know that. Delivering yeah. babies and stuff. He throws them in the back of the pickup with a blanket and takes off. Uh, and usually by the time they get to the hospital, it's everything's ready to go. So <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you that. They used to do that with my mom when I was not yet born. They took her for a car ride every night yeah yeah, yeah. bumpy roads yeah 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 so what's going on in the beef business well kind of the same old trudge um beef's moving i went out and did a little stand out on the road and met with my customers and kind of got a little re rehabilitation which is always a good thing uh kind of talk yourself in the doldrums when you're secluded from everyone so um that was a good deal got to find some new meat markets that uh our old friends of painted hills we didn't even know they existed so and uh and then we did a food show with a local distributor has a bunch of good old friends together and we uh, uh just share lots of laughs and talk about the beef business and we all know that beef's more expensive and gonna get more expensive and and it's just part of what we're dealing with and, and and I, I guess I was reassured that my product's good and my quality's good and the customer's going to keep searching it out and searching for it. And that's what I needed. So um, good deal. Um, are, other are than those, that, yeah. Are, are those, in the end, done them, I've done them. <clears throat> are those food shows really worth it, you think? No, no. This one, <laughs> this one is just a... <laughs> This one is is closed to just a distributor who is flashing all of the uh, vendors that they work with every spring. Uh, a lot of the same people I see there shake hands, say hi. Um, you invest a day and a half. They, they this one is the better of most because they do host us to a really nice dinner the night before. 
um, you know, get you a few drinks, have a, you know, have a handshakes and hugs and all those things that, that kind of camaraderie and build that back, you know, and, but the next day and, and the next day, because they do that, they do get quite a few of their customers to come. And so that's a good thing. They're trying to show the vendors to their customers. Um, the other food shows that we've done, we, I've never done a public food show. I don't do a public food show that I, I'm not there to serve the masses. I'm there to serve the people who put painted hills in their case, like we see here. And so, um, yeah, you, you can, you can cover some far out, you know, there were some folks there from Alaska. I'm not off to Alaska to see. Um, there were a couple food service distributors that I didn't know we did business with. We met, uh, those are good things. Um, you know, I, yeah, it's okay. I mean, it, this was, this is a good, this is a friendship relationship as much sure. as anything. Which do you think is more effective that affects not just the perception and the brand of of painted hills but the actual sales is it a food show like that or food shows like i know leanne does them i do them you're at there in the public you're cutting up little pieces of meat with a toothpick and say isn't this the greatest stuff since sliced bread and it is you but know i would yeah go ahead Sorry, well, i was yeah. just gonna say the point is there there are two different audiences oh yes uh, and when you're really out there in the trenches trying to get the consumers to switch from what do I want to call it? You know, brand B store bought to a premium beef like Painted Hills. Uh, I always thought that the, I always thought that the face to face with the actual customer worked best. Yeah, we we have been far more successful doing the demo in the store. You get the product in the store and then get it in someone's mouth. They they look at the prices first, and then they and then if you're there to take that away from them and not talk about the price of beef, but talk about what it is we do without the hormones, without the implants, and then put it in their mouth, and they realize mm, that's good. Uh, that and that's different. That is what pays off, and so we're actually working more to get back in the stores like we did when we were new 20 year 27 years ago and right. and that is really the important part now those big public shows we did the northwest food show or something thing like that and it's supposed to be a wholesaler show but i think it was pretty public and yeah, the problem with those is we can get it in somebody's mouth there, but they got to know where to go find it. And if I got about seven locations in all the city of portland, that's too hard to go find. If i was coca-cola and now you can find me in every roadside stop, then that's a different story. So, right. Yeah. right. What, what's been your experience, Leanne, with those? I know you, you still do them on occasion. Um, I don't do them, you know, in, in Will's capacity. So that, that's the difference. But I, I agree with what he's saying. You can love the product. I, I will, I'll give you a perfect example. I, I just did a video for, a fast food company that sells French fries in stores. And it was hard for me to find these French fries. And even though I thought they were absolutely fantastic and people might try them at a fast food joint, they aren't going to be able to find them in their regular grocery stores. So yeah. that is the challenge. Yeah. I always, uh, I always, well, first of all, I enjoyed talking to the people um, and answering questions. 
the other thing I think that was my highlight of my day is when I could walk them from my station about 10 feet over to the meat case and point to it and say, sure, that right there is what you just ate. And they would go, wow. And a lot of times you could see, you know, they'd pick it up, put it in their cart or basket or whatever they had. And you knew you made a sale. But for me, it was more important to kind of get them hooked on the brand. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. And and, and you're real good at that? Me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your wife is. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I know Gabrielle can do that. I was just wondering yeah. if the big, the big guy could do it there. I yeah, it almost turns I into an impulse buy, too. I mean, why do Sam's and Costco do all those, you know, tasters? Because yep. people are going to throw it in their cart. It's right there. They, they're they going to move on to the next item, and, and they're going to walk out with the product for the most part. I mean, I've done stuff at both those places and work stuff, and people say they're going to buy the stuff and it'll be frozen or even a refrigerated item. And I will have the Costco employee bring back a couple of bags because people ditch them along the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you never know, but usually, I mean, they're doing it for a reason. So they are selling the product. Yeah. I think one of the most fun ones I ever did. Um, and we'll get back to the, important stuff in a second there's there's a little little town you're very familiar with it can be which is just north of me and there's a a thriftway there which if you're listening to this in the part of the country that doesn't have thriftways it's an independent little chain independent grocers and they banded together to to be able to have more purchasing power and all that thriftways are a little bit more expensive than a Kroger or a Safeway or something like that. But they also seem to have better selections on certain things. Anyway, they did this Christmas food show. And I know you guys have done it because I did it for you a couple of years. Yep. And it was <clears throat> just this Congo line all the way around the store started up front with, uh, you know, some sliced pears or whatever. And you kind of worked your way around the store. There must have been 25 or 30 stations there. But what I had the best of all worlds. I had wine right next to me than me, more wine than seafood, than chocolate. And I would watch those people that go do that, that put something in their basket. And about two minutes later, they were right back, circled right back around, you know, cut around the front of the store and up the aisle and came right back and did those four or five stations in a row. Some of those people I'd just ask them if they wanted to cheer and we could serve them. But, but, you know, it was, it was pretty funny to see it because they, they really liked it and yeah. worked out well for the store. So that type of thing. Um, we're going to take a break in, in just a second here, but it's really important. I want you to think about something while, Will, while we're at the break, um, all the crazy turmoil that's going on. We're not going to talk politics, but all the crazy turmoil that's going on in our country and around the world. Um, and like you said, it's expensive. Beef's expensive. Seafood's expensive, all that. But how is all of that helping or hindering? And I'm guessing it's the latter uh, with like beef prices and getting the message to the public. Um, Cause I'll say, I'll say this and then we'll go to break. 
When they figure out the inflation rate, they do not add in the cost of fuel or food. So if they say, well, our inflation rate is down to, you know, 5% or whatever crazy number it is, it's not really that. It's higher. So I want you to think about that. We're going to take a break and be back uh, with Will Homer, COO from Painter Hills Natural Beef, Hall of Famer Leanne Whippen, and myself on Barbecue Nation right after this. Hey everybody, it's Jeff here. I want to tell you about something really cool. Heritage Steel Cookware. I just got mine. Uh, I do a lot of cooking and it's got five ply construction, stay cool handles. It's titanium strengthened. It's got all the great stuff. Just go to heritagesteel.us and find out more. You'll love it. I guarantee it. Welcome back to the nation. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm JT along with Leanne Whippen. And today we've got Will Homer, the COO of Painted Hills Natural Beef. If you want to reach out to us, we're on all the social media platforms. Uh, go to the website, bbqnationjt.com. You can send us a note. Uh, it's not that hard to find us. And, uh, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all those things. We're all out there. So, And so is this guy. Uh, Will Homer from Painted Hills Natural Beef. So when we went to break, I asked you about craziness that's happening, gave a little short speech on inflation. Will and I, uh, economics majors in college, one of the things we did. So it was just easy to get through. It was just easy to get through. Yeah. <laughs> if you could read Samuelson, you were fine. So regurgitate. Yeah. Just regurgitate. But how does that affect people? I know it affects, I mean, you listen to the man on the street interviews, you read some of the blogs and stuff, and they're like, good God, this is killing us. Well, I, I feel like you're getting a mixed bag right now. You actually, you're actually getting the benefit of, you mentioned world. We're, we're still dealing with the, uh, world uh, glut of beef from other countries and not necessarily in the United States, but it is a world market. And there is uh, several uh, Far Eastern countries, Asian countries that uh, use imported beef. They import beef. They just don't grow enough, right? And so the Australian market is has plugged a lot of that business up with supply, which means that the American beef, which I think it's been a year now, but I think we got to about 18% of the beef produced in the United States was sent overseas and export, some level export. And in fact, Mexico's our biggest export partner right now because the Asian markets are shut down. So that beef is not leaving the country like it usually does. It's staying here in our country. And that is depressing the price of beef. Now you just talked about how high it is. That didn't that didn't sound right, did it? But that is depressing the price of beef compared to the costs that we are paying for these live animals, whether it's a uh, the live animal fit for harvest or it's a live animal straight off his mother ready to go to pasture of some kind. That market has exploded and is in a transition to a point we don't we don't know where that point's going to be but there are a lot of people in the way of that 
runaway train that are just trying to figure it out right now. So, um, so what'll happen is the world market will the world market will the others run out of beef and our exports be able to fill in, or will we just have to suck them down here at a cheaper value until they're gone? There, the packer, the major packers that drive the boat right now are working very hard to slow the production speeds down. They're going to take some serious measures here in the near future. And I don't know when you're going to air this, but yeah, in the, and that is their way to slow it and raise the price of beef in this counter to pay for those cattle that are costing us so much money. So, so in essence, if you, and I know you don't do this number, but just a fictitious number. So if you process 2000 head of cattle a month, yeah, okay. And that would not be, I mean, a week, um, yeah. pardon me. Uh, but if that, you know, that may not seem like a lot, but that's kind of a low to mid range producer. I'm sure compared to some, some are, no, that's number 12. Is it? That's a huge number. There's four guys. There's three guys at the top of the pyramid. Number four, they they want to call it the big four because the biggest one, JBS, absorbed number three several several years ago. Most people forget this, but so they turned uh, national beef into number four. National beef is what is it? I think it's one third of number one or one eighth of number one. And by the time you get to number eight, you're down to agri-beef, which is our neighbor. And there's two plants that do uh, they do 3,000 head a day or something like that. So, yeah, it's a small, it's a very tiny, there's three guys that drive the boat and the rest of us all ride along with it. So, and then, and then me, I'm one-tenth of one percent or even smaller now that I've kind of tightened the boat. Uh, in an attempt to hold off the costs, and and so then you think to yourself, okay, so if the cattleman at the at the at the feed yard gate to make that box of beef is is costing me a packer a ton of money, then he must be making a ton of money, and he's not. That there's still costs involved in corn and feeding, and it's kind of like the I don't know our feedlot costs are kind of a little bit like our. Uh, uh like fuel you know you get it straight the cost gets stretched up and then it comes back but it never comes back to where it was right so we're struggling with that a little bit right now and and then the cow calf guy they've had their head tore off for several years and they're just now last year's calf the cow calf guy who has a cow it produces a calf on her side that guy he felt good about last year's value um I, I don't know what he's going to get this year. Nobody knows. He might, he might be raking it in. I I don't know, but he's still, so they, so the question of the day is, is he raking it in and is he going to stop sending them to town or is he raking it in? I, nobody knows. No, or is it going to rain and he's going to stop sending them to town? I, nobody knows, but there is a sheer less number of cattle uh, on the ground. So. Well, let me a, ask you this. Who is making the money? Somebody's making money the, along the way. The it, I know who yeah. it is. It, yeah. It's that organization that you hear of all the time, the Beef Mafia. 
<laughs> the cow the cow calf guy is going to get away with quite a bit of money i know that the national cattlemen we just went to the national cattlemen's event and they just changed presidents but the past president his favorite statement for the last six months was that the, that he sold his calves for five hundred dollars a head more than he did the year before so he's he's collecting some dollars he's he's getting some dollars here in the retail case they uh, they stretched the price up when COVID caused the box beef price to launch when it was short in supply. They stretched their price up and they have not let it back down. Now, have they eaten that value up with uh, employment, all their costs? I tend to side with them. Yes, they've probably given a lot of that margin away to costs, but historically, the difference between their retail and the wholesale price of beef is a whole lot closer than it is today. So the the cattlemen think that they can just charge whatever they want. They, the price can just take right off and go through the moon because there's a great big margin between the box beef price and this margin that this price that's shown in the counter today. And I don't know if it exists or not. We're going to find out because we're going to squeeze this retailer. And and then we're going to that's going to squeeze the customer. too. So there's not for the retailers. They don't have a standard markup of, you know, say, 25 percent on beef across the board. I mean, do they lower that when they're heavy on a certain cut? Um, Like what changes that percentage? And all of the obviously like your Costco, your Sam's, they're considered wholesale clubs, but. It isn't really a wholesale price, but it's better than a you know regular store retailer. So, is their markup like twenty percent, and like your Safeway is you know thirty percent? Like, how does that work? Well, giving away too many secrets. You'd probably, you'd probably, I would say historically. Okay, let me say, stop you for a second. Yeah, we're right. going to take another break, and then you can oh. answer that because I've got a real, I got a really long segment when we come back. All right. Okay. All okay, right. you're listening You'll to, to Barbecue Nation. I will. I'm going right. to let Leanne uh, repeat the question. Uh, we're going to okay. take a break. We're going to be back here on Barbecue Nation with Will Homer, COO of Painted Hills Natural Beef, best beef in the world, as far as I'm concerned. And Ms. Leanne Whippen, best barbecue cook in the world, as far as uh-huh. I'm concerned. And me, I just a uh, mic jockey. We'll be right back. <laughs> Hey, everybody, it's JT, and I have eaten, if you've ever looked at me, you know that, but I have eaten seafood all over the world, and I can tell you there's no place better than here in Oregon and our Dungeness Crab. If you want to learn more about Oregon Dungeness Crab, just go to OregonDungeness.org and find out how to cook it, how to catch it, where to buy it, and the sustainability of what they're doing there in the Oregon Crab Commission. Check it out. Welcome back to the nation. That's the Barbecue Nation. I am JT, and uh, we are talking with Will Homer from Painted Hills Natural Beef. And we'd like to thank Painted Hills Natural Beef for being a longtime supporter of this show. And it's you, they always say beef the, na- the way nature intended. It's actually a lot more than that. There's a lot more that goes into it. 
Um, they can't just turn a bunch of cows out in the pasture and then a few months later say, okay, they're ready to go. It doesn't work that way. But we've talked about that on the show. So I would recommend you go to uh, painterdalesbeef.com. Uh, check them out. If you want to order something, do Barbecue Nation, BBQ Nation. And uh, you get a discount from that. I think it's 15%. So we do that. And then also pig powder, best rub yeah. on the planet. And uh, the proprietor of said pig powder is with us here, Ms. Leanne Whippen, something her dad invented a long time ago. And she's taken over the reins, so to speak. This is kind of a cowboy show, as you know. Um, <laughs> so anyway, go to pigpowder.com and uh, Leanne will make sure you get it uh, in your mailbox post haste all right let's get back to uh will homer from painted hills natural beef before we went to break we were leanne asked you about set um markup percentages i'll i'll yes. condense it a little bit mm -hmm. and is it I'll, I'll say it again leanne if you want no i just was wondering if the retailer has a set percentage they mark up their beef uh, which obviously is more of a markup than your Costco and Sam's. And if they all try to say, stay at that percentage and if they run, say, heavy on hamburger meat, when is it, you know, do they reduce it by 5%? Like, how does that whole system work? Well, I don't know. I can, probably can't speak for any individual, but the experience I've had so far, some of the major, some of the uh, regular retailers, I would say, they typically double the price. And then they work for 32% growth. So I don't send them uh, over here on this side. I don't send them steaks that look like that. I send them a rib roast that has a yield. And that means they cut the fat away. You know, you've worked with some of that. And so they've sure. cut some fat away. And when they're all done, they want to come out with a steak that looks like this. And sometimes they leave more fat on. Sometimes they take more fat off. And that's their own yield. But when they're done with that, they want to sell that steak and get them all out the door and make 32% to pay the lights and the and the labor and all those things. You you would say you could say uh, a box store would have uh, maybe not such a desire to to chase such a uh, high a high a high uh, return. Yes. Mm -hmm. But I know that, like you mentioned, Costco. I you can use Costco as a guide to see what the price of beef is because that board on the wall tells you that board on the wall. You can buy a case of strip loins today for just about what the packers selling reporting they're selling it for. So, but I think Costco in the store I think is something more like an eighteen percent store, trying to cover cost and and what little it does with the beef there, and it's of course trying to to move a heck of a lot more tonnage than a uh -huh. little store. But I do notice, uh, I do know, actually I notice in these prices here that this store, this one here is not doubling them, but this is a private butcher shop and they, they can play anywhere in between. And, and because we're not messing with a, because we're not messing with a $8 ribeye anymore, we're messing with a $14 ribeye. I think that, they are not holding as much money as they used to. I, they like to do math in percentages. You know, we did this many percent, this percent last year and that percent the year before. And we did this percent growth and this percent better. And they don't like to say, well, we just flat made X number of dollars. But I think that this thing's getting so high, they're starting to look at the dollars and trim their percentages a little bit. I really, I really do. It's, it's, it's really nuts. But then, so then uh, if a store has an ad, typically they go to a vendor 
because they not only want to get a price concession for the pro for the product, but they want to get ensure that they get the can get the product. So um, um, I say I'm kind of honorary sometimes, but I see a typical grocery store will buy a good grocery store will buy seven different skews or seven different pieces of the carcass they'll buy one case of most of those items and they'll buy 17 boxes of whatever's on sale so whatever's on sale does two things it, it puts the the banner in front of the customer whether it's at home or it's at the front door of the store or it's in the case when they get there but it puts the thought in their in their mind that that's what they want to buy then it also pushes the product onto the meat manager to have to stand there and cut this stuff and prepare it all because mm -hmm. it's hard to get anybody to order their own workload. And in a, in a, in a grocery, in a, in a meat market position, you are sitting there on the phone or you're on the scanner. And every time you scan a box or ask for another one, you've asked to increase your workload. And that's, that's a difficult, I've been, I've been there. I've done that. That's that's a that's a human that's a tough human nature kind of thing. So, uh, but they all have goals and they all have targets for sales and things. But, um, but but typically, and then like we've said in the past, you know, they have a discount section down on the end of the on the end of the cabinet. There'll be a half price section. None of that that stuff costs them flat ass costs them money, and they don't want they don't want anything to go in there. So. Um, if it's not selling, they're not buying it. If it's not, yeah, if they're, they're, if they're priced it too high, they don't just roll the price back. They just won't buy it. They'll buy something different. Does that kind of reflect in everything we've been talking about? And you started to touch on it last segment. Is there going, we don't want to scare anybody, but is the amount of beef available over the next few months going to stay the same? Is it going to roll back with everybody roll with the, the Packers rolling back the amount that they'll take from you instead of 2000 head a month, they're going to take 1500 or whatever the numbers are. It doesn't matter. Well, uh, yeah, the number is, the number is 625,000 a week and they're going to roll it back to 600. So the flow is still going to be there and your local store is not going to be blanked like it was with COVID. You're not going to see anything like that. You might see two rows. You might see this row, this thing shrink down and right down here on the end is chicken. Two more rows become chicken or two more rows become pork or you, you might see the whole case size shrink. But you're not going to see a shortage of beef. No, but we are going to take that extra 18% of the beef that we export out of the weight, out of the tonnage, out of the industry so that we can get the value we need to price the beef to pay for these damn cattle. It costs too much. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. I had somebody ask me this the other day and I actually, I, started rambling like I do sometimes, but I really couldn't give them a significant scientific answer. So no. you're Mr. Science. I know no. you are, especially no. when it comes to mirrors and uh, Wi-Fi <laughs> wi signals. I know that. We had missed uh, that. Yeah. We, he and Will and I had a hell of a discussion the other day about mirrors and Wi-Fi signals and stuff. <laughs> that's, that's for a different time. Why is it that 
they they don't grade hogs like they do cattle. I, you know, I don't know the real answer. I th- I think they well, neither did I. That's why I ask you. I don't. I think they've they've homogenized. Is that the right term? Homogenized pork so perfectly that everyone's the same one. They don't. There's no, and visibly you can't see them. But there there is a prime. There is there is some self-proclaimed prime pork. Some of it's fatty and well-fed, and some of it's injected fat, injected basically emulsified meat into the product to make it more tender. So there's games played in pork like, like there is anywhere, but um, pork is so, it is so, it is the same item. It doesn't matter which pig you took out of where, it is the same item, unless you go to the vent, you go to the food show I went to this weekend and there were, Oh, there were probably six or eight different pork guys and they were different raising methods and they were small, you know, raised in the wild out, out in the brush. And there were, there were guys who hung their bacon for seven days before they smoked it to dry it a little. And there were guys who did all kinds of crazy things to try and set their pork aside. And there is value in that, but they fit the model in these unique little grocery stores like I do, they don't, they are not big. You're not going to see them in the Safeway in the mainstream. You're going to see cheap as cheap pork there. So. How can you tell if pork has been injected? Oh, you just look, you got to look at it. You can tell. Don't you they have to say you... it on the label? Mm. I noticed that on, I know a particular brand. Yeah. It says that it's got salt. It, you could, it has an ingredient you know, whatever salt usually, uh, that it has been injected or it it's in there. Now, are you getting it already packaged in the steak? Yes. Basically already, case ready yes. format. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could, I could see them having to do that. I don't I know wouldn't if they know, have to do that. I wouldn't know if, if a distributor bought a pork loins and they cut pork out of, if they cut, you know, steaks out of that. I don't know if there's a label that goes with that. I don't know how that works. So I just, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. So I, I kind of disagree with what you're saying that all pork is about the same uh, because I and you can go online and I, I really do think there should be a grading system for pork because, you know, there's color, there's, you know, the, it's the pH factor, I think, or whatever. There are different grades of pork. I know I buy pork from a particular vendor because See. I know it's consistently better and like People, your customers go to you because they know your beef is better, but, you know, they know they're getting graded there. But pork, you know, it's not graded, so it's it's very difficult to tell. But But I do think there should be a grading system. But 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 let me help you. Just remember, I said six hundred twenty five thousand head of cattle a day. Right. Right. And we are one four tenths of a percent. We're four hundred head a week. So we're we to me, you you recognize me as substantial. I make box beef, but I don't I don't amount to anything. In pigs, they kill hundred and or uh, one point five million a week. So there's in in plain old white pigs going to plant, I there's a huge number. But you can mm-hmm. dig out the beelers of the world and the all those guys that I saw this weekend at the that those they they exist and they are different. They're they're mm-hmm. good, they're different. I like them. Mm-hmm. But you live in a very unique world too with food service because those things come mm-hmm. to you. Just the standard run of the mill pork that's in prairie fresh bags. 
those are just plain old white pigs coming every day. Well, we're going to so, take another <clears throat> another break here, come back, wrap up the show, but I will add my two cents. Most of the pork you buy, like you said, you can't tell the difference. And the flavor's not that great. There's no real flavor to it. Um, we raised some hogs when I was a kid. We had, you know, feeder steers and hogs and all kinds of stuff. But I remember that 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 bacon, that side pork, those chops, whatever, had a lot of flavor to them. And I guess it was because my dad finished them out like cattle. I'm not sure. But uh, anyway, we're going to take a break. We're going to be back with Will and Leanne here on The Nation. Uh, just a couple minutes. Thanks for being with us, and we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's JT. You know, I talk about Painted Hills all the time. Uh, and we always say beef the way nature intended, but it's more than that because each bite of Painted Hills will make your taste buds explode, put a big, bright smile on your face, and whoever's at your dinner table will have a big, bright smile on their face. And you can thank me for that later. Just go to PaintedHillsBeef.com and find out more. You won't regret it. Hey everybody, JT here. I want to tell you about the Hammerstall knives. Hammerstall combines German steel with beautiful and functioning designs. They're part of the Heritage Steel Group, which also does their pots and pans. So go to heritagesteel.us, check out the Hammerstall knives. If you're really into cooking, I think you're really going to like them. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. Next week we've got Harry Sue. Um, Harry's got Harry Sue. We love Harry Sue, Sue. and Harry's got a new project. He's got a new. um, He's got his new cooker coming out. Mm -hmm. See if I can't get us a couple of those. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, we'd like to thank the folks at the Oregon Crab Commission. Um, Great stuff. All I can say is, and uh, let's see. Next week I'll be doing. I'm going back on local television here. Um, going to be doing some a uh, Northwest Wellington with some uh, petite tenders and a uh, a crab slider. So there you go. I'll be doing mm. those. See something to look forward to, especially if you work at the station and you get to eat stuff I cook when it's all yeah, done. There you go. That, <laughs> I think that's the only reason they ever invite me back. It can't be my charming personality. But we're talking no. with Will Homer, COO of Painted Hills Natural Beef. We talked about we talked about um. You know why there wasn't? I didn't tell you. Uh, Leanne's favorite perfume is Duroc Number no. Five. <laughs> now I do like those. Those are good. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, those those are very good. So for our people listening at home, um, give them some comfort if you can. That six months going into the fall. Holidays, God, that's the toughest thing for somebody in your position. But are they gonna they're gonna have a rib roast available for Christmas? Um well, are, sure. they, are they gonna sure. have to go with some stuffed uh, Cornish game hens or something? Sure. I don't know what their what their income, you know, or wage or whatever their intake is, but as far as their outlay, um, yeah, it's gonna be slightly higher. I mean, we're going to produce they they basically the big guys say that we eat 57 pounds of beef per person per year now and that we're going to make 51 pounds per beef of beef per per person for 2024 so 
what's that? That's two weeks that we choose not to eat beef because of uh, that's not really it's a big thing. You know, you take two weeks out of this we world we work in. It hurts me quite a bit. But two weeks out of someone's budget, it, it, it's OK. It, it, we're still going to eat beef. It's not we're going we're not going to go hungry. It's just going to get. A little more expensive. It was expensive this year. The the like I say the remember the 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 margin is uh, statistically the margin is between the retailer and the wholesale price. Nobody knows what that is. Did has he says he spent it all, but has he just gotten lazy in his trim spec? Has he gotten lazy at getting it out the door? He's gonna have to tighten his belt too. So I but. And maybe it's tight. I don't know. I I I don't have any idea where that money's going to come from. But it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be all right. I listened to. I'm gonna get off track for two seconds just to That's say right. I listened to them talk today, and they said that there's there's uh, twice as many car washes today as there was ten years ago. I and believe that. And there's going to be twice that many again by 2030. You should see them building them around here in Florida. It is nonstop. Yeah, yeah. So, so people don't need a clean car; they need to eat. Well, I've I've always uh, adhered to that. You don't need a clean car because you've ridden in my car a few times. I know I am a clean car nut, by the way, but I believe in washing my own. But I live out in sticks. But I cannot get over a car wash. You know, we live in Portland, right? We remember there was an old car wash outfit in Portland that went broke years ago. Yeah. And and we saw car washes there when they all went broke. We went up. Oh, that was the end of that. And now you see they're back. They're back everywhere with a with a vengeance. And uh, there's money. People got money. It's okay. People got money. Yeah. They're just gonna choose where to spend it. And food is they need to take care of themselves and make good choices and 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 I believe they will. Do you, you think that the um, the strength and um, just the amazing stock market right now has helped your industry? Yeah, the the talking heads say it has, and and uh, well, let's say let's take that. Let's let me back that up a little bit. Talking heads say that's a reflection of what your 401k looks like and your 401k is good, then everybody's going to spend money and they're going to go out to dinner at the fine restaurants and they're going to do all these things. It also means that the mutual fund monies have come back and get in our business too. And mutual funds invest in law in futures out front. And so they have driven the future price, the future price of these cattle, the future price on the board of these cattle up and 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 guys who trade feeder cattle buy calves off cows and buy yearlings off pasture they trade based on what that futures board says for the future mm -hmm. and because the mutual funds are all piled in there it's elevated so does that add to the risk yeah it's kind of something i i yeah it's a this this stock market thing reaches everything and but i think on the i think the real side is the closest side is the first theory is that when your 401k is doing well and you're i don't know how people get any money out of them i just get up every day and i and i go to work and i try to do my thing and i have a person who tells me to put money in here and 
not in there. And, you know, in the 401, mm -hmm. I think I have one. I don't know what it is. I don't look at it every day to decide whether I'm going to go to, I, you know, I, I think that's a lot of fluff too. So I don't know. I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know what to think. Um, we're going to follow up with the question I'm going to ask you now in after hours. Because, by the way, we made a decision. Uh oh, uh, uh, yeah. The shows we have to we have to edit these shows for radio, right? We do. Oh. We have to meet time and all that stuff. Okay. Yep. And so sometimes things get cut out of it. And for yes. a long time, our practice was just to take the radio version and post it as a podcast. We have changed that <clears throat> very recently, and now you're going to get the whole raw show. Jeez. Oh, Swear words and all on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, you're breaking yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when uh, we've only got two minutes left, all right. Um, Straighten up. When you hear the sky is falling, when the average person goes home, turns on their six o'clock news which that's even not relevant anymore because there's news 24 seven. But yeah. when you hear these grim predictions, stock markets going up, everything's great. The next day, some talking head is on there and the stock market took a 300 point dump. All right. Hmm. Like that. And the yep. sky is falling. Not so much for you, because I think you guys weather to those storms pretty easily. You just work it into what you're doing and you just keep going forward. But the consumer hears that and they're going, Jesus, what am I, I you know, I, I have a 401k, but it's down 37% that it was this time last year. Would you like those guys just to shut up once in a while? <laughs> <laughs> well, I do struggle. I went to Seattle on Monday. I drove to Seattle on Monday and spent the week up there and last week. And uh, I'm in Cleelum. I'm at the Safeway. I parked there so I could do some work out on the street. I'm I'm 18 rows from the front door at 2.30 on the afternoon on a Monday. And, and there's carts back. And I have to dodge the carts to go in the store just – I, there, there's carts going back and forth everywhere. We go by a Costco on Wednesday, I believe, mid-morning. You s stop and go to find a parking place. What are these people going to do if they do run out of money? Because they just, they just, I, I, I mean, I can remember back when there wasn't anybody running around like this, you know, and yeah. now there's just people everywhere. And so... To me, it seems like they have they they can't cry the blues. They didn't. They don't remember what the seventies and eighties were like. I guess maybe I was a kid of the eighties, and my parents were in the ranching business with twenty to twenty percent interest, and it was tough. It was really tough. And but there wasn't people out like they are today, or yeah, I don't know. The only thing I see going on right now is I do see the inventory increasing in equipment and. Um, automobiles as you drive around but there's still lots of cars on the road i got on i5 or i84 in portland twice on friday and it was stop and go both times mid-morning and it, it it just i don't i don't know i got it i don't know i get it i, I get know. it i get it we're no excuse me we will follow up with that in after hours 
But Will, thank you for being on the regular show again. Mm-hmm. And we'll have you back in a couple of three months to give us a summer report, spring report, something like that. <laughs> and uh, Leanne, thank you as always. And uh, folks, you. we will be back next week, like I said, with Harry Sue. Uh, here on Barbecue Nations, remember our motto, turn it, don't burn it. Um, take care, everybody. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.